Hello and welcome to our online Shabbat service. So glad you're joining us here at HFF of DFW. Now, you may be wondering, why are we online only today? Well, we have this beautiful partnership with the NJCC in Arlington, the Messianic Jewish Community Center. And two times a year, the out of the 52 weeks, um, they need the building on a Shabbat. They do a Purim play every year, and then they also do an event at Hanukkah. Now listen, if you don't have plans tonight, if you don't have plans tonight, get with your family, come down to Arlington, come to the MJCC, the Messianic Jewish Community Center, and make plans to come check out this Purim play. It is always hilarious, well done, good music, good food. Come and enjoy the time supporting a great cause. You can get your tickets online, or you can get tickets at the door, I believe, if they don't sell out. But a lot of our folks will be there tonight to support the Purim play. So come check it out. And we are super thankful for the MJCC and the continued partnership that we have with them. But we never want to go a week without connecting somehow. Now, we remember the COVID days where our only way to connect was online, was this way. We actually did Zoom. And man, those of you who were with us on those Zoom days, you remember, this is really funny. We would try to do worship and then worship my, it, it, you, I, and that's really weird in the middle of a song. Um, or we would preach and it would be kind of cool to preach and see everyone's little bubbles. And then you would see the amen hands or you would see people nodding along or you'd make a point and someone would black out their screen and you're like, uh oh, I just offended them. <laughs> you know, but it was really uh, a unique struggle to figure that out. But what we did was we kept going and we kept going and then the Lord blessed to where we could come back live and we came back in Duncanville and that was a blessing. And then the Lord moved us here to the MJCC, uh, which has been a great blessing. We just figured though, we keep going. The Lord is going to open the doors he needs to open and he's going to shut the doors that he needs to shut. So we are super thankful again to our partnership, the MJCC, and super thankful to the Lord that we have this technology where even when we're not together, we can still be together. All right, let's pray and we'll get into the word today. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for being good to us. I thank you that your mercies are made new every day. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to get into your word. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to connect with each other, even though it's virtually. I thank you, Father, so much for the opportunity we have to know you. Not just to know about you, God, but we actually get to know you through your word. So thank you, Father, for allowing us to know you, to know who you are, to love you, to want to just advance in our walk, to keep going. God, I pray you would just be with this word today, that it would not be my words, because my words fall short. But Father, that it would be your words. You speak. I ask this in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Amen and amen. All right, 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 is where we're going to be today. We're just going to walk through the first 15 verses of the text today. So if you would turn there, if you've got your scripture, or if you're watching online, you want to pull up your scripture screen next to this, that's fine. Um, and we'll be going down 2 Peter chapter 1. Now, tell a little story. We were driving one time down a county road, uh, I was in high school, 
and I was going to my friend's house and he wanted to show us where he lived, never been to his house. He said, it's going to take us a minute to get there. And I said, okay. So we're driving and we go out past Lake Trammel, a uh, lake out by Sweetwater and we're driving and I'm like, we're there. He's like, ah, oh, you got to keep going. I'm like, oh, okay. We go and then we make a turn. I'm like, oh, we're right here. No, we got to keep going. All right. We make like three or four turns. We go down this long, like mile and a half, it seemed, driveway from the mailbox to the house. I was like, man, I never thought we were going to get here. He was like, well, you just got to keep going. You'll get here eventually. And I thought of that phrase, and if you haven't figured out today, that's kind of the title of the message I'm going with, is keep going. But as I thought of that phrase, and I thought about scripture, I feel like we only use that phrase in association with the verse, do not grow weary in well-doing. I feel like that's when we say keep going. When we say, hey, uh, I know you fell and stumbled, but keep going. I know you're sinning, but you're overcoming it. Keep going. I know your finances aren't where they're supposed to be, but God is faithful. Keep going. And it just seems like every time we associate keep going from scripture, that it's tied into a negative connotation. Well, I would like to submit to you today that I think God is a little bigger than just being there to encourage us when stuff's negative. So I want to give a positive connotation today to the phrase, keep going. And I think 2 Peter 1 is the place to do it. So let's check it out. 2 Peter 1. From Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith that is as valuable as ours, a faith based on the approval that comes from our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. May goodwill and peace fill your lives through your knowledge about Jesus, our God and Lord. Now, here we see the typical greeting. I love the greeting in the epistles. They're always so uplifting. Even if you're about to like get it handed to you, because some epistles are like laying down the law big time. And so even if you're about to do that sometimes, so there's still this greeting of grace. I come to you. Uh, this is from Peter, a servant, an apostle. There's this great connecting, like, here's who I am. And uh, you've got a salvation that's just as valuable as ours, which imagine how powerful that is. Looking back, we're like, man, my salvation is as equal to the apostle Peter. Um, and so these guys are reading this saying, our salvation is no different than this guy who literally walked with Messiah and may goodwill and peace fill your lives. You know, we don't say the good stuff enough. Don't sin. Keep the law. Make sure you're living right. We share that stuff all the time. But what about, hey, may goodwill and peace fill your life. When is the last time that you made a phone call or a text? Well, there's something a little different about a phone call. We don't get to do it very often anymore. Or FaceTime. When was the last time you intentionally stopped and just reached out to someone for the purpose of encouragement? There was no ulterior motive. You didn't want anything. There wasn't a need to encourage, like you know, the birthday, Father's Day, Mother's Day, when we think we need to encourage. But instead, you just felt pressured from the spirit or pressed, if you don't like the word pressure in the spirit, to reach out to someone and say, hey, I want to encourage you. So it's going to be an interactive message a little bit. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to challenge you. I want you to push pause 
Okay, thank you for listening. Some of you pushed pause and you had to replay because you didn't know what I said. Here in a moment, push pause. And I want you to text, call, FaceTime, DM, somehow, three different people that you just feel led to encourage. Just pray and say, God, give me three people to encourage. Maybe they're in your household and you go talk to them. One of them. I challenged him, only let one be in your household because sometimes that's a little easy. So I challenge you, pause this video, stop what you're doing, and go encourage three people today and just speak a blessing over them. Go. Welcome back. I hope you did that. If not, I hope you take that challenge at the end of this message at least and go encourage people. Guys, people need encouragement. People need life. I cannot tell you how many times that I've just been having a day and I get a text or a phone call. Hey, Pastor Brian, I just want to say thank you or I just want to say I love you. I want to encourage you to keep going. Uh, I love your teaching. Thank you for this word you spoke. Whatever. Just a little nugget of of appreciation and encouragement, and it is fuel to keep going. Like it is the the gasoline added to my fire to just burn brighter and more intense for Messiah. So I challenge you, do that if you didn't just do it. And if you did just do it, thank you for taking the challenge. What a blessing to me today. You are a blessing. You keep going. All right, we pick back up in verse three. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Guys, every single thing we need. If you're a boss, everything you need to be a boss, I mean an actual like employer, not like you may be like, I'm a boss. But if you're a boss, everything you need is given through Christ. If you are a wife, everything you need is given to you. If you're a father, everything you need, a mother, a husband, a son, a daughter, an employee, a teacher, a student, a pastor, a rabbi, an elder, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, a Sabbath school teacher, a janitor, a mechanic, a lawyer, a doctor, whatever you are today, wherever you find yourself today, everything you need has been given to you through the Father. Everything you need. Absolutely everything. But to get it in its fullness, let's keep going. This power was given to us through knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and integrity. We get all this by getting knowledge of the one who called us. The Father called us. He used Messiah to bring us home. But it is the Father, yod heh vav -He, Yahweh, Yehovah, Jehovah, however you know him, Abba. It is he that is calling us to this relationship. And he does this through the knowledge of himself, calling us through glory and integrity. And through his glory and integrity, he has given us his promises that are of the highest value. Through these promises, you will share in the divine nature because you have escaped the corruption that sinful desires cause in this world. If we keep going, leaning into these promises, we're going to escape all the mess of this world one day. Guys, this world is a mess. It is a mess. It, their sin is rampant. And I know we've all asked the question, how much worse could the days of Noah really been, God? 
How much worse could Sodom and Gomorrah have really been, God? How much worse could it really be that this right here hasn't been destroyed or taken back? Because sin is just running rampant. However, if we will lean into these promises and we share in his divine nature, how cool is that? We get to share in his divine nature. We get to share in his godness. And now I'm not here saying we're going to be little gods or anything, but we get to share in his glory and his goodness. And if we do that through that divine nature, we escape the corruption that sinful desires cause in this world. Because this world, man, it's got its desires. It's got pride and, and money and lust. And there's all these things that the world is just trying to, to pull at us and to put in us this desire for these things that in a hundred years won't even matter. How I invested in my children, the spiritual legacy I built, the people I lead to the Lord, the investment I make in the ministries that will continue in a hundred years, that should all still matter. But how much money I amass or who I get to sleep with or how popular I become on social media in a hundred years will be irrelevant. Those sinful desires sound good for a moment, but when you keep going, you realize they don't amount to anything. There's no lasting value in them. There's no power in them because they're temporary. So how do we do this? How do we partake in the divine nature? Okay. So because of this, and anytime you see therefore, or because of this, depending on your translation, you look back at what the therefore was there for. What, why is it because of what? So because of all this we've read, because of the partaking in the divine nature, make every effort to add integrity to your faith. So it starts with faith. It starts with faith. Our relationship starts with faith. One of the biggest frustrations I have in ministry Okay, and Brad Scott, may his name forever be a memory. Brad Scott told me this at Messiah West Coast, uh, where, where actually our ministry in Messiah, Texas was birthed, was by the, the pushing of Brad Scott. We're like, we could do that. We could do a camp next year. This is June or July. And he goes, you could do it this year. And we put together our first camp on Labor Day of 2015 after bring, being in California in July and him pushing us to move forward. And now we're uh, entering our ninth summer camp, ninth year of doing these camps because God is so good. He's so, maybe eighth year, whatever, but we've been so blessed. But one of the things he asked me that, I mean, shook me to the core. I'd been in the walk about four years at the time, maybe five. Yeah, 2010 to 2015, about five years at the time. And he says to me, Brian, name five Messianic evangelists. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> name three. You see, um, name one. Well, you know, there's, um, and then the same could have been said about missionaries, pastors, actual pastors. I, I could name like four or five at the time, and that was a stretch. Uh, then he said, name messianic teachers. I could just list teachers upon teachers upon teachers. 
But he said, where's the evangelism? He said, when's the last time you heard a report from a Shabbat group? Hey, three people got saved today. Oof. We have gotten away in our movement. We have gotten away from a people of starting with the gospel. Most of you who are on a messianic expression of your faith, you did not go from lost, heathen, pagan, whatever. You didn't go from that to, I'm a full-on messianic. I got my seat seat on. I am going to eat clean. I'm going to keep Sabbath. Hooray! No. It started with confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart the Lord Jesus. And you didn't even know his name was Yeshua at the time. I didn't. I called the name of Jesus and I was born again. And that's where faith started. And let us never lose that. That's still the entrance to the family, the entrance to the kingdom, the door, the gate, the way, the truth, the life has never stopped being a person, not a prayer, not a plan, not a program, a person. And that person that takes us to a relationship with the Father is Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. That is the only way to get to God and that has never changed. It starts with faith. But it says, add to your faith integrity. Integrity. Are you banking on integrity today? Can people take your word to the bank? If we say it, do we mean it? This is what I want to be known for. I want to be known as a person of integrity. Now, sometimes we're so clever about wording ways in a way that we kind of leave a loophole in our own wording. Is that really what he wants from us? Is that really what he desires from us is to be crafty? Well, we're supposed to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, Pastor Brian. Yeah, but if we're leaving a loophole in our wording, is that really being harmless or is that setting it up later to cause harm? If we're manipulating and massaging the situation to come out to the outcome we want, instead of just being straightforward, here's what it is. Is that really what the Father wants of us? I would say no. I would say he wants us to be crystal clear, transparent, straightforward people. Because that's going to lead to deeper fellowship and intimacy. So to our faith, we add integrity. And then we're done? No. We keep going. We keep going. And to your integrity, knowledge. So I'm born again. I'm living as honest as I can. I got that belt of truth on. Now, I need to learn more. To move forward, I need to learn more. Now, if you notice, this list puts knowledge third. Third. Starts with faith. Then integrity. Then knowledge. If we get knowledge out of order, brothers and sisters, that's where stuff gets messed up. When we come to this pursuit of knowledge. When teaching becomes, let me find that next little Hebrew nugget that nobody's ever said before. Let me bring that little peace from the portion that you've never heard before. Uh, let me come with the Greek from the New Testament with this word that you can't even pronounce, that I'm not even pronouncing right, that I'm using Strong's as the final authority, which talk to any native speakers and they'll tell you Strong's is a good starting point, not the final authority. Because if we're not careful, knowledge becomes the God. Knowledge becomes the passion. Knowledge becomes the pursuit. Knowledge becomes the purpose of what we do. But that should be third. After we have faith 
and then we're making sure to walk in integrity, then we pursue knowledge. Then we study this book. Then we dive in. Oh, okay, then we're good to go. Now I would challenge us, and then we keep going. To knowledge, self-control. Self-control. One of the least talked about fruits of the Spirit. Now, you guys know I've been doing camp ministry basically since I was 18. I've been involved in leadership in camp ministry. I don't think there's been one year in my adult life that I did not go at least to one youth camp. And I believe since 18, I've gone to a minimum of two youth camps every year, but three. Okay? Love it. One of the biggest arguments, if you run a youth camp, one of the biggest contentions you deal with is dress code. Sisters, hear me out here. I had to repent to two camps two years ago because of dress code. I've said things before like modest is hottest. Modesty and hot shouldn't be in the same sentence. Let me say that again for the people in the back. Modesty and hot should not be in the same sentence. I don't want my daughters being modest because that's hottest. I want them being modest because of how they value themselves. Okay? My, my whole perspective of this has changed. Because now you got young ladies who when they post that bikini picture, all, all of a sudden the whole community comes to condemn and say, you're dirty, you're wrong, you're, you're making boys stumble. When I've now learned sitting back, she just lost 15 pounds and for the first time in her life she was brave enough to put on this swimsuit and she actually feels okay in it. Oh, did I take that into consideration? Because what we, it seemed like, now, no one's going to fess up to this, but what it seemed like we were doing was putting all the lust problems that boys were having on girls. And so if you were ever around me and that was what you perceived from me or maybe even heard from me, I want to repent of that. If you're a sister and you've been to our congregation, I want you to know that we don't believe that your dress code should be dependent on how men act or treat you. We believe that men who claim to be brothers and sisters should, okay, not men who, who claim to be sisters, that's weird. But men who claim to be brothers should have the integrity to have self-control. And if you see something and it starts to cause love, you just turn away. Just turn away and move on. Not, well, you know, she should have. No, not she should have. You should have. How a woman dresses is between her and God. And if there's a third party involved, it's her parents or her spouse. That's it. That's it. Self-control, men, is what we're lacking. Now, ladies, I'm an equal opportunity offender. Ladies, I'm noticing pornography usage, the numbers are saying, is now almost to an even 50-50 split between men and women in the world we live in now. Lust is no longer a guy's problem. So therefore, self-control is not just a guy's issue, but we should all be focused on needing self-control.
Here's the challenge, though. It's not just in the area of lust. As we add self-control to this list, as we're building our godly lifestyle, what we need to find in it is that we also, when we eat, I'm about to start a journey on Monday, 7 times 77 challenge. You'll hear about it on my social media come Monday. I'm not excited, but I am tired of not having the self-control with my sleep, with my diet, my water intake, my exercise, that I've gotten overweight. Now, sure, I'm down from where COVID started. I'm down from those past couple of months, but I want to be a person who walks with integrity, even in how I steward my body and my life. How can I ask you to trust me that I have answers for your eternal soul from the word of God when I don't seem to have the self-control to take care of my body? So we add self-control. All right, I got self-control, I'm good. No. We keep going. And to your self-control, add endurance. Endurance. Endurance is tough. I think a good translation of endurance would be toughness. Endurance just means when it hits the fan, you keep going. When it gets tough, you keep going. When you don't like it, you keep going. Endurance means we keep going. So I challenge you, keep going. I encourage you, keep going. Get that endurance. And endurance does not say, please notice that nowhere in the Bible does it say that any of this we're talking about is going to be easy. But some of you guys have done so many steps in your faith walk that you, you get set back by a little bump in the road. I challenge you, lean into endurance. Keep going. I can't tell you how many times teachers, pastors, ministers, one thing happens. Now, sure, there were little things building up to it, but one thing happens in church and then they're out the door. Endurance wasn't there. Or that people have a faith crisis and God took my mom, God took my child, God took my spouse, God took my parent. And we just quit. We're told it's going to be hard. Timothy tells us, endure hardness with me as a good soldier of Christ. Messiah tells us, foxes have holes, birds have nests. The Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. We're told it's going to be tough. So the challenge is, are we going to endure when that tough time comes? Are we going to have the endurance to keep going? Get up. Get up. I've said it before. I'll say it again. God does not judge you on the race of life based on how many times you fall. I fully believe we're judged by how long we lay there versus how quick we get up and endure the race ahead of us. Once we learn endurance, the rest of it starts really coming. Because we're not done. we got to keep going. And add to your endurance, godliness. Godliness. Hmm. Being like God. Godliness. This one is a tough one. This is that holding every thought captive to Christ. This is the letting no corrupt communication come out of your mouth one. This is my struggle. This is out on the internet. This is going to be there. 
I'm going to be a person of integrity. Why not? I got this part to where I can function fast. I'm blessed. I don't hold anything back. And sometimes things I say that were a thought that shouldn't have been said, I say. And I repent publicly if I've ever said something inappropriate in your presence, if I've ever said something hurtful. I am working on that harder than I ever have. For these next 77 days, I'm going to be leaning into that even more. But we have got to be godly in what we think, in what we say, and in how we act. Now, I'm not saying we've got to be legalistic and spiritual. Okay, over, sorry, hyper-spiritual. We should be spiritual, but not hyper-spiritual. What I mean by that is, you see someone walk into a bar, sinner. You don't even know their story. See someone coming out of a movie theater. This growing up Baptist, they were probably watching that R-rated movie. There could literally be eight movie theaters in there, seven cartoons, one R-rated movie, and it was assumed that I went to the R-rated movie. That's why we avoided it for to godliness' sake. That's not what that means. How I function is it how my heavenly Father would function? Would I function the way that He's created me to function? Do I think, talk, and act like he does? We add godliness, and then we keep going. To brotherly affection. Christian affection, your translation may say. What is that? You can kind of look at your love words, and this is that phileo love. Phileo love. Well, hey, you're my brother. Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. You're my brother. I love you. Phileo is that. I'm driving and I see that person broken down on the side of the road, struggling with their tire. I know that I'm six foot three, 400 plus, and that getting down there and jacking a tire is going to take me seconds where it could take them minutes. Pull over. I don't know him from Adam, but I want to love them like Christ. I go help them with their tire. It's seeing someone struggle in the grocery store getting their stuff to their car. It's walking down the grocery store and seeing someone on their tiptoes trying to get that jar from the top shelf. Say, hey, can I help you? Here you go. It's these little random acts of kindness, you might call it. It's putting others before myself, putting others before yourself. It's choosing this Christian or brotherly affection to where we choose to act out in love in people's lives. But this is phileo, brotherly love, what we keep going. And add to your Christian affection, love. Love. Add agape love. And what greater love hath any man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends? What's the best love we can live, give? Sharing the gospel. Telling people that there was the death, burial, and resurrection of a perfect godly man who never sinned. And that he died and was buried and rose again so that we might have eternal life. Guys, God is messing me up on how bad we are doing just sharing the gospel. If we're truly going to have this love, and this last love, this is agape. There is no better picture of agape than the Messiah hanging on the tree for us. 
There's no better picture of agape than the father sending his son to die on the tree for us. And there is no better picture of agape than us telling everyone in our life that God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Are we living in enough love that we're sharing that with the world? If not, we need to keep going. We need to keep going until our default setting is telling people about God and his love. To where the, the thing on our lips, the very thing that, that we can't hold back, just like a song when it gets stuck in your head, that the very thing on our lips is God loves you. He sent his son for you. Hey, God loves you. When we check out at the grocery store and we may never see that person again, say, thank you so much. Hey, can I tell you three things? One, you are an amazing person. You're handmade by God. He loves you and sent Jesus for you. Ten seconds to drop a seed. Not to pontificate and say, I see you have bacon in your cart. Do you know that the God of Israel says, no, start with love. The other things will be added as they study Torah. That's what scripture says. We've got to start with love. And love, though, is the end of this section in where we keep going to where we're living in love. And some of you are doing amazing on this journey. And like I said, this isn't the, oh, you're in sin Keep going message. This is the, you are doing great. You are walking. You are growing in your faith. Keep going. Find that other level. Do more for the father. Don't give up because here's what it says. After we add love, if you have these qualities and they are increasing and demonst it demonstrates that your knowledge about our Lord Jesus Christ is living and productive. I want knowledge of my Messiah that is living and productive. Do you know why he had to put that in there? Because there is knowledge that is dead and useless. I know how to say love in the seven different ways you can say it in Greek, only three of which are used in scripture. Who cares? I can read Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, paleo-Hebrew. Who cares if you have not love? 1 Corinthians 13, if I know everything and have not love, I am nothing but a loud gong, a noisy symbol. Pots and pans rolling down the stairs. Whatever you want to say. I am nothing without love. But if I'm doing it right, if you're doing it right, it's living and productive. If these qualities aren't present in your life, verse 9 says, you're short-sighted and have forgotten that you were cleansed from your past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, use more effort to make God's calling and choosing of you secure. It's saying if this isn't your keep going path, if you're not growing in this area, if you're not growing toward a life of total agape love, then you have forgotten that you are a sinner that was saved and that you were chosen by God. So therefore, what's it all there for? Get back where you were, get back to your last faith marker and keep going. Keep going. You've got this. You're not alone. If you are watching this, reach out to us at HFF of DFW. Myself, Pastor Brad, Pastor Erica, we would love to be there for you. Pastor Nick, Pastor Lizzie on the worship team, with the, they bring music to draw your heart closer to the Father. They are here for you. Elder Willie, Mama Gillis, they are here as that covering elder of our congregation to just give you wisdom from their life and to love on you. We exist 
to help you in this path. Don't do it on your own, but don't veer off. Get back on this path and keep going. If you keep doing this, you will never fall away, verse 10 ends with. Then you will also be given the wealth of entering into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know the end goal. We know the new Jerusalem. We know where we're headed. But the better we serve, the more wealth we enter in there with, the more hardware we get to lay at his feet. I've often said that I don't keep the Torah in order to be saved. I don't keep the commandments or the Bible to be saved. I do it because I am saved. And I do it because my salvation isn't works-based, but the rewards I get to lay at the feet of my Messiah sure are. And I don't want to show up with one rinky-dinky crown and say, here you go, Jesus, thanks. I want to show up and say, just a second, Lord. Angel one, angel two, back up the trucks. And we just jump out rewards on the feet of my Savior. Because if he gave his life for me, there is nothing that I can do with my life that even touches the hem of the garment of paying him back. I want to keep going and enter that kingdom and lay stuff at his feet. Verse 12, therefore, I will always remind you about these qualities, although you already know them and are well grounded in the truth as you still have. But as long as I'm alive, I think it's right to refresh your memory. Paul says, listen, Peter says, listen, I know you know. And I'm telling you, Pastor Brian is nobody. I'm not saying I've arrived. I'm not saying I've taught you anything new from this process. I know that you know. But as long as I'm still alive, I think it's good to refresh your memory. As long as I still have breath, I think it's good for me to refresh your memory. Now, Peter goes to say, I know I'll die soon. Our Lord Jesus Christ has made that clear to me. So I will make every effort to see that you remember these things after I die. If I could be asked, what do I want my legacy to be? There's this verse where Peter's saying, they glorified God because of me, or Paul. I want you to glorify God because of me. If it has anything to do with me, I want it to look through me, past me, and I want you to glorify the Father. I am not here. This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of encouragement to keep going. Wherever you are on the faith journey, keep going. Wherever you stopped off, picked up and keep going. Wherever you're stuck at, reach out for help and let's keep going. If you feel that you're alone, let's link arms and keep going together. There is so much, so much to do for the kingdom. There's so much more we can learn. So many more people we can share love with. But if we stuck or stall, get stuck or if we stall out, it'll never happen. So brother, sister, if you've watched this to the end, keep going. Keep going. I challenge you, if you did that encouragement, add one person for the rest of your week that you encourage, that you just share love with. Reach out to us. You can message us here on the platform. You can text, call, email, whatever. Let us know how we can help you keep going. Because at HFF of DFW, that's what we exist for. We're the Hebraic Family Fellowship. We are a family. We want to build up your family and be a family. I know I'm only there once a month now. I'm transitioning away as we've moved. But the bronze are there transitioning more in. This family is stronger than ever. We're so glad that you're watching and you're a part of it. We're not happy where we're at, though. 
We love where we're at. We love where he's brought us, but we want to keep going. God, thank you. Thank you for salvation in Yeshua Messiah. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you don't give up on us on the path, but you let us keep going. Help us, Father, to do just that. And in everything we do, keep going. I love you. I praise you. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen and amen. Love you guys. And in case you didn't hear it, you are amazing. You are loved. And no matter where you're at, keep going. Shabbat shalom.